Praise the Lord. I know we've been, uh, it's so good to see many of your smiling faces. Uh, I apologize for my perspiration. Uh, work, working hard over there, which, you know, makes it uh, a little bit easier. You won't know whether I'm perspiring because I'm speaking or whether it's from the work over on the keyboard. So, uh, we, um, I hope uh, tonight um, that this will uh, encourage you, prepare you uh, for what we're doing. I know as I was studying for it, uh, there were some of those mind-blowing moments or like, huh, I didn't realize that that's where this was at or that that meant this. Um, so if for nothing else, I at least learned something in uh, preparation uh, for tonight, but I hope that you will as well. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about knowing the love of Christ. Uh, I think we've talked about love. Pastor's been talking about love. Uh, I know he's had numerous sermons on the topic, you know, whether it's agape or all the different types of love, uh, but, you know, what does it truly mean to know that love? Uh, and I want to start uh, in Ephesians uh, chapter 3 uh, and in verse 17. It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with the fullness of God. So the book of Ephesians uh, is a book written by Paul uh, to the Gentiles uh, in Ephesus. Uh, where he's really challenging them and demonstrating to them practical ways uh, to live in unity, aligned with God, with each other. I can say, and Sister Caitlin can confirm, we didn't talk about what we were going to speak on. She talked about unity this morning, and we're going to talk about from a book that demonstrates practical ways uh, to do that. And, and one of the ways is knowing the love of Christ. So, love, uh, if we can pull back up verse 19. This verse says, and to know the love of Christ. Uh, that word love, it's that agape love uh, that we've, we've talked about. Uh, it's that kind of love that's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, you know, it's the passage where love is kind, it's patient, it's long-suffering. It's not jealous, it's meek, it's humble. Kind of sounds a little bit like the fruit of the Spirit. And so, that's what that type of love there means. Uh, then it says that this love passes knowledge. And the, the word knowledge there is intelligence, uh, and it, it really even gets down into it where it's 
This is a deeper, more perfect understanding of Christianity, what it means to be a Christian. And, and we're going to go back to the biblical definition of a Christian, which is to be Christ-like. That, that is a apostolic doctrine definition, is we're going to be like Christ. That's what that word means. It's not what do we think a Christian should be or how we feel a Christian should be, but we have examples of how Christ conducted himself, uh, and that's what we're trying to exemplify. And uh, this, this is what we're, what we're working towards is moving past just a textbook understanding of what God's love is. I think we all know God is just... He's infinite in his mercy, in his love, in his grace. That's not even something we can comprehend. Amen. And, you know, so that is, is difficult. Uh, but we may not be able to comprehend or truly understand. You know, there are people much more intelligent than I am. Uh, but in this knowledge, we're looking at the, the knowledge and wisdom that we gain through experience. That's something that passes just textbook knowledge, is when you can know that Jesus loves us, but then when you have examples or experiences of that in your life. And then the, the last one where it says, uh, and that you might be f filled with all the fullness of God. That word fullness uh, means uh, that which is or has been filled, and specifically with the presence, power, agency, and riches of God. And so tonight, over the next few moments, I want to talk about knowing the love of Christ through knowing his presence, knowing his power, knowing his agency, and ultimately knowing it by his riches. When we get into knowing his presence, uh, you know, we have a physical example in the Old Testament of the tabernacle. Uh, this was a building prior to when they built the temple that the, the Israelites had, and it was movable, portable, uh, house of the Lord. And Exodus describes what would have been a, the scene around the tabernacle. In Exodus 40, 34, it says, Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In the Amplified, it says, Then the cloud, the Shekinah, God's visible presence, covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So all of those that were present, whether you were able to go into the presence, whether you were able to go into the tent, could see a manifestation of the presence of the Lord, and they knew that's the presence of the Lord. But very few of those ever got to experience what it was like to step into the presence. 
They saw it from the outside. They had knowledge of that's the presence of God right there hovering over the tabernacle. But what does it feel like to really even step foot, let alone bask or entertain the presence of the Lord? Later on, they build the temple and uh, they would have the exact same scene at the temple. Uh, in 2 Chronicles 7.1, Solomon's concluding his prayer and the dedication of the, the temple. And we read, now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. Again, everybody saw what that presence of the Lord, him blessing that, being there, but very few got to experience that. In fact, uh, what was a little bit uh, surprising in both of these examples, you know, as I, you first write, you know, many people, you know, the Bible says many are called, few are chosen, can use that same logic here, where many, many see, but few get to experience it. In the following verses after both of these, uh, the Exodus 40 and 34, so verse 35, and the second verse uh, here, it says back in Exodus that Moses couldn't even enter the house because the presence of the Lord was so thick. In the second uh, verse in Chronicles in the temple, it says the priest couldn't enter because the presence of the Lord was so thick. So here is the Lord coming down, his physical presence being there, and the high priest, priests, you know, leaders uh, of the nation are not even able to experience. The extent of their experience is, oh, I tried to go in, nope, it's too much. I can't get through. And uh, then we have, we enter in Jesus. You know, temple's still around. Uh, but in the, in the Gospels, uh, it's mentioned in Matthew, in Mark, and in Luke, uh, that the veil to the temple uh, is rent in two, and the earth shakes. Uh, Matthew twenty five fifty one says, And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. So we know that at that juncture, that physical location, wherever the tabernacle or temple was set up, that type of a, a building representing where the presence of the Lord would reside was broken. It was released. And later on, Paul would reveal the significance of that event and how the temple was transformed. And so it's still a temple, uh, but it took on the properties of the tabernacle. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, it says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a the price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So when you know 
his presence, when you truly get to enter in, and uh, I can, looking around at faces, I don't know that there are many in here who haven't experienced the presence of the Lord, not just in a building, um, in the atmosphere, but you've had a personal relationship and personal experience of what it's like to walk into that throne room and to be there and to just be in awe and feel the comfort and peace that's there. And when you do that, there's a transformation uh, that not only you experience, but others are able to see. Because again, Paul's just told us we're the temple, but I mentioned we took on the properties of a tabernacle. The temple wasn't movable. While I am not as mobile as I once was, I move around, kind of like the tabernacle. And so as I'm moving, if I've spent time in the presence of the Lord, others should start seeing as I'm moving around and as I go through my workplace and as I go to school and as I'm out in the community, people should say, ah, oh, there's something different. I'm seeing some type of Shekinah that's there. there there's some presence. I, I don't recognize what it is, but it's something different from what's out here in the world. It's, I feel peace, I feel comfort, I'm at ease when I'm here. There's a change in the atmosphere yes. when you're around that. And that presence fills you, and the beauty of when we recognize we are the temple, we allow the presence of the Lord to rest over us, that just like in those verses following when that occurred, nothing could get in. When we consider ourselves the temple, and we're filled with that presence. We're so full that whether, if something evil or something disparaging wants to enter into your temple and disrupt what you've got going on, that presence should be so fulfilling that it can't even penetrate, it can't push through. We had Moses and the high priests who are people who... Uh, had every right, they were legally allowed to walk into that presence, but they couldn't. It was so thick. And that means no anxiety, no depression, no sadness, no despair. Our flesh can't make its way in when you allow him and allow his presence to cover and to fill you. Knowing his presence requires you to invite him into your temple, your space, and allow him to cover and fill you and experiencing all that he has to offer. Peace, comfort, strength, hope. This isn't a one-time event. Lord didn't come down one time over the tabernacle. Lord didn't come down one time over the, the temple. It's a repeating event. And you can, uh, there's not anything in life, uh, in the physical world, that if you fill it up, it will empty. There may be varying rates at which something empties, where you take a jar of water, you put it in a dark room, 
It's not going to evaporate as fast as if you take that same jar and you take it outside and put it in the Florida sun or down on the equator. Uh, it, that's not going to happen, but it's going to slowly deplete. And so we've got to keep filling that up. And time and time again, we've got to rinse and repeat. Uh, his presence is not just a Bible story. But it should be a reality to us. So once we, we know his presence, we understand the, the value and the benefit of being in his presence, what that affords us, we've got to really start to know his power. And my God's awesome. The Bible says that he's terrible. And that doesn't mean that he's terrible. That means that he, he's powerful. He's strong. He's mighty. And we've got many, of, many examples of his power uh, throughout the Bible from his displays during the Egyptian captivity, uh, around uh, the plagues, uh, to even uh, the conquering of the promised land. Uh, who thinks walking around a building... And then yelling is powerful. You know, in our mind, that's not powerful. But our God, who gave those orders, is powerful. And when we obey, we get to see that power demonstrated. Uh, and then even in his resurrection, hell in the grave couldn't even keep him in. He's powerful. Those are things that... Uh, you know, we all, luckily we have a hope that we're not asleep, but many people fear death. You look at what, uh, I know it seems like every service there's a reference to what happened in the last year and a half around COVID, and everybody's scared, everybody's fearful, and, you know, I, I don't know how I would have coped uh, or been able to make it through the past two years if I didn't ha if my hope was not in what's going on around here, but that my hope was in the Lord and that my trust was in him. And while everything has not gone to plan, you know, uh, I, we, we've lost people here, we've lost people that we've known, and it's not necessarily been because of the virus, it can be because of effects around that. It's also something just called life occurs. Uh, but regardless of that, I know the most powerful thing in the world is filling me because I know what his presence is like and he's working and that he's in control and he's, he's not surprised. So while those events describe uh, what the Lord's power is, we're called to experience his power. We're striving to pass understanding, to pass knowledge. We're trying to get past just, hey, we read this. We'll say our, the Bible is our textbook. We're trying to get past just the textbook, the Bible understanding of what God's power is, and we're trying to operate and demonstrate that power through experience. 1 Timothy 1.7 says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
In uh, Acts 1 and 8, it goes on to, it says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And power's awesome. We're drawn to power. Uh, but there are unintended consequences of getting to know power. For those of you, you know, unintended consequences uh, are those where, hey, we think we've got this idea and we're going to do it and it seems really good, really positive, let's do this. And then there are some negative things that happen and you're like, oh, well, that wasn't our intent to cause those negative things to occur or... Uh, we didn't even maybe recognize that they were going to occur. occur. But the, the unintended consequence of knowing his power is you have to know the battle. I can't look around this room and see a face that hasn't experienced a battle or isn't currently in one. I think most of us, if we raised our hand, would say, uh, I'm not just in one, Amen. but I'm in, I'm in a few, and I just maybe got through a few, and I can already see a few on the horizon. You know, and, and that is, uh, again, can be daunting, overwhelming, it can cause us to be scared or have fear, but that's why we've got to know about his presence. We've got to get filled with his presence because then we're able to know his power and we can speak to those things and say no you don't have a place here get under my foot get behind me and we can speak to those things and we've been given that power and authority and then that's when we're starting to experience it we're holding on to it ourselves and the lord's coming through uh, i know we we sent out uh uh, the prayer alert for Chad's sister, Carol Phillips' nephew, and I know prayer works. I get up most Sundays and give prayer requests and praise that's not just, hey, we're going through the motions. I've seen the power of the Lord work, and, you know, I, I don't know how many times we send out a prayer request, and usually within hours, or days, there's a text back from the person that requested that that said, hey, things are moving, things are improving, things are That's the power. That's knowing the power of the Lord. We're getting to experience what we're doing and how the Lord is demonstrating his power. And that's something real, that when we're going through something, we can get in a pity party and say, oh, man, you know, I'm... I'm supposed to be a, a mighty warrior of the Lord and, and look, this bad thing's happening. And we can get discouraged, we can get depressed, we can get scared. But as we read before, we've not been given a spirit of fear, but of love and of power. And we have to choose to operate in it. Did you know you have a choice to operate in the power of the Lord? 
I think we've all probably uh, had those situations uh, where we've, the Lord's maybe impressed us to do something or we've been tempted to do something and we have the authority to capture that and to stop it. And we're just like, oh, well, I'm just, I'm just David. You know, I am what I am. I'm flesh. The Lord listed all the terrible things that I am, what our human nature is. And I can refuse to acknowledge the power and authority I've been given because in Revelation it says that we're kings and priests. I'm joint heirs with Christ. That means I'm that we're equal. And if he's been given that type of authority, he did some pretty amazing things. You know, the Bible says if we wrote down everything that Jesus did, all the miracles he did, all the books couldn't fit in all the libraries and all the buildings and all the land of the earth. Like, that's a lot of things to do. And I'm, I'm 34. So I think about all the things I've not done uh, in my 34 years on earth. And Jesus did so many things in the 33 and a half years that he was here that it can fill those volumes. And that's the power that we're given and authority we're given through his, his spirit. And we have to move past just knowing that we can have the power and into acting in that power. Again, when we were talking about the fullness, we talked about power or presence, power, agency, riches. So now we're going to talk about agency. What does that even mean? I didn't, I didn't really know what it meant. So I asked uh, Mr. Google, what's an agent? Could have asked my wife as well. Uh, is a, a, an agent is a person who acts on behalf of another person or group or a person or thing that takes an active role or produces a specified effect. Legally, according to the internet, and my wife can nod her head or not, uh, an agent is a person who has been legally empowered to act on behalf of another person or entity uh, in negotiations or other dealings with third parties. Uh, this is the part that I think is really cool. The agent may be given decision-making authority. It's not too different from what Isaiah wrote in chapter 3, verse 13, it says, The Lord standeth up to plead and standeth to judge the people. That's, so we're going to know his agency. We're going to know how the Lord acts as our agent. This is probably the one that excited me the most because uh, th these were some areas where I was like, wow. So the Lord stands to plead. That is in essence what an agent does for somebody. It's someone like an attorney that can be an intermediary for you. 
The cool part to me is that this says the Lord stands up to be my agent and he's my judge. Now what are the, the legal definition? And this is the part that I said was cool. So he's, he acts on behalf of another person or entity in negotiations and other dealings with third parties. And that agent may be given decision-making authority. So Jesus is getting up, he's pleading, he's making our case, he's acting like an agent, all to himself who has the ultimate decision-making authority to say, third party, Satan, enemy, accuser, what you're saying may be true. But this person knows about the presence, they know about the power, and now they're experiencing the agency of Jesus Christ in this situation because I'm applying my blood to the record that you've just brought. And uh, for me, that was, you know, those of you may have listened to to Carmen back in the day, and, you know, there was... uh, the song, I forget what it is. Huh? Shane probably knows. Uh, but it's the one where, uh, those of you that may not know who Carmen is, he wrote a lot of those songs that were kind of like, he's a, a Christian uh, singer who uh, kind of wrote uh, a, a lot of uh, almost story type songs. And there was one, uh, you know, where he's talking about Judgment Day and you know, you're there standing before the throne and uh, the devil's there, the accuser of the brethren, he's telling all the things that you've done and all of that. And then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up on the scene and stands before and says, you don't have any authority here. I'm here to negotiate the terms for this individual because they've experienced my presence, my power, and, and now I've got the ne- negotiation. Here's a drop of blood that covers them. You have no authority here. And that's what, what we get to experience, or that's what we should be able to experience as we get into knowing what his agency is. We have to know and understand and allow ourselves. We have to yield to that. How many times do we know that... Uh, the Lord's, we know the Lord's powerful. We know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But too often, we try to do it ourselves, or we think, ah, I'm not going to let, I, I don't need the Lord to fight this battle. In First uh, Samuel 8.20, it says that we may also be like all the nations and, and this is more talking about them. They want to set up a physical empire. But we're going to flip it and look at it because they wanted, they wanted to take God and make him physical. So these are the properties they were looking for from God. That our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. That's what an agent does. When we allow ourselves and we yield ourselves to saying, we're going we're gonna to allow the Lord to go out and be our agent and fight our battles, right. 
That's experiencing and knowing the agency of the Lord. And when we turn our lives over to him and experience it, then no weapon formed against us can prevail. And then we get to that fourth one, which is to know his riches. You know, when we experience his presence, when we live in his power, when we yield to his agency, then we get to experience his riches. Proverbs 15.6 says, In the house of the righteous is much treasure, but in the revenues of the wicked is trouble. The Amplified says right before righteous, it says, uncompromisably righteous. This is one of those things where, like, righteous is a good enough word by itself, but then they just took it to a whole new level and said, there's nothing that can change this righteousness. And I can't think of anybody outside of Jesus that fits that description of being uncompromisably righteous. And when you even look at that verse, revenues is a transactional-based type of event. But treasure is something that's searched for, found, and obtained. It didn't come from a transaction. You know, we're, we're told uh, to diligently seek him, search, we'll find. You know, when I was thinking about his, his riches and what that really means, I thought maybe I'll, I'll ask them, you know, have, have you guys heard of what the New Jerusalem is made of? Streets of gold that are like transparent glass, gates made out of a pearl. There's jasper, rubies, precious stones. That's what he's making things out of. Those are things that we would say, oh, I've got a pearl, I've got gold, I'm I'm hiding that away. He's so rich that he says, I'm going to lay down streets of gold that you can walk on. I'm so rich that I'm going to have a pearl that's large enough to be a gate to a city, and I'm going to have it be a door. If I had a pearl that big, I wouldn't know where to put it. Uh, But I would figure out how to monetize it. You know, we'd probably have a big building, and people could come and tour and see the largest uh, pearl in the world. And, uh, but... He's making doors and gates out of those types of... That's how rich he is. You know, how many of you would take a dollar bill out? If you had enough dollars, you could probably go and you could sew yourself a suit. Just to, we'll just say out of dollar bills. We, we won't even say $100 bills or anything. We could probably make a suit out of dollar bills and it'd probably be cheaper than if you bought a suit. Um, <laughs> But how many of us would say, hey, I'm, I'm willing to put on a suit made out of money that I've earned, and I'm just going to walk around with it because I have so much money that if coffee spills on it or if it gets snagged on something and tears, what do I care? I have so much money that I just make my clothes out of it. 
Not too many of us are, are taking our riches and our treasure and we're just using them for common things. We're storing them up. So th this is the type of riches uh, our God has. It's something that no man could ever even contemplate earning something like that. In Hebrews 11.6, it says, But without faith it is it impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Again, treasure is something that's sought, found, and obtained. And here we're charged with, we've got to diligently seek after him. In Philippians 4.19, it says, But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. In the Amplified, it says, And my God will liberally supply, fill to the full, your every need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. He's so rich that no matter what you need, which my needs are different from your needs, are different from your needs, are different from your needs. It does, he's so rich, he's got all that stuff and he can give it. That's how rich he is. My mind's blown just trying to think about how rich. You know, I'm trying to apply a, a, a textbook, an intelligent type of viewpoint to the riches of God. But that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to push back, push past just intelligence or knowing about how rich God is, but experiencing those riches and those blessings. Uh, and that while I'm not righteous, you know, when I'm in his presence and acting in his power, I have his righteousness and I'm blessed. Many of you have probably asked Sister Joe Strand, uh, how are you doing today? Does anybody know what she responds to that question with? That's because she knows and has experienced the presence, the power, the agency, and we've moved past just Oh, I'm doing good. I'm feeling fine. I recognize, because I've experienced, I'm blessed, regardless of the situation I'm in, because I know him. I've experienced him. He allows me to experience his, his riches. I may not have the nicest car, the nicest shoes, the, the best suit, but I'm blessed. There are things, there are treasures. My treasures aren't here on earth. They're stored up in heaven. And we have to experience that through his presence, through his power, agency. And we get to end up experiencing those riches, those blessings. And once we've completed all of that, we've experienced the fullness of his glory. Those four things, the fullness, his presence, power, agency, and his riches. That's his glory. I want to go back. Uh, we're getting ready to, to wrap up. I want to go back to our, our first passage. Uh, but I want to look at it in, in the Amplified. So Ephesians 3, 7, 
17 through 21 amplified says that Christ uh, and, and we talked about the fullness of God's love um, you know we read these scriptures we'll reread them again and I wasn't aware when I was reading the scriptures some of you that have more Bible intelligence than I do may know what verses come right after this they're ones that that we're very familiar with that we hold on to uh, but it says may Christ through your faith actually dwell settle down abide make his permanent home in your hearts may you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints God's devoted people the experience of that love what is the breadth the length and the height and the depth that's four-dimensional the fullness of God was presence power agency riches four-dimensional verse 19 says and this is we're going to read this one. This is what we made it through. And then we're going to read the verse that follows. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourself the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Go, go on to the next verse. Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly those of you that may be confused by something, this is the exceedingly, abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, dreams. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So be it. Those verses where we, that just follow after understanding the fullness and the knowledge of Christ's love for us lead into, guess what? I do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or think. And again, We've got textbook knowledge of what we can think. I, I have testimony after testimony of things where I've thought I've needed something, and the Lord said, no, you don't need that. You need this other thing over here that's ten times better than what was here. Oh, you want to go here? I know that looks cool. But, look, I want you over here. 
and I've got something special for you over here. And you're going to reap the benefits of just yielding to me. Let me be your agent and go to battle for you and work for you. And when we can fully uh, experience and we can remove just from, hey, oh, the presence of the Lord, it's great. It's a great statement. You know, have you ever asked somebody who got the Holy Ghost, you know, how do you, how do you feel? They usually struggle to come up with something and then they say, like, oh, I feel great. And you're just like, that's it? Feel great? Like, but you can understand that because you've experienced, like, you can't come up with words of what it's like to be in his presence. When I've seen the Lord act in power, when I got the text from Sister Gina about Chad and that there was blood flow, I was speechless. Tears started coming to my eyes because I said, Lord, I know you can do it. I've seen you do it time and time again, but I'm still blown. I, I don't know what to say. I'm speechless. When I've seen the Lord go before and fight battles, and ones I didn't even know I had. How many of you have had those? You know, I, I don't have the testimony of the Lord brought me out of X, Y, Z. But I have the testimony of the Lord's kept me from A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z, A, 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 B. I've got a long, 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 long list of what the Lord's kept me from. And it is, those are the experiences that I can look back on over this time and say, Lord, I've experienced those things. I know, not just with intelligence or because somebody said something, but I know because I felt it, I've experienced it myself, what your love is truly all about. We can stand as we get ready. And... It is, as I mentioned before, I don't know, hopefully figuring out what the love of, knowing the love of Christ was beneficial to you. For me, there, there were a lot of eye-opening segments as I was studying those different things and the Lord was like, hey, you know, you've, you've quoted or read over this verse how many times but then hey when you look at it in this context and from this frame of mine that's Tegan's new thing she figured out how to do that it's mind blowing and it is hopefully these are Ephesians was written for practicality because we don't live in a perfect world where uh, we've got a bunch of teachers, a bunch of professionals who've gone and studied things and how many of those things that you've studied in a textbook actually work in the real world? But through experience, as you learn you're able to call on those things more and more. And uh, I, I hope that you're able to take 
some of this and encourage yourself, encourage others. Be that light. Show that Shekinah glory out and about. Demonstrate that power. Walk with that authority. Allow the Lord to go before you. Trust in him. Your foot's not going to dash against the stone. And then we get to reap the benefits and the riches of his love. It, I, I'll open up the altar if we want to. Uh, it, coming up as I turn off the microphone before I'm done speaking. <laughs> but we're just going to praise the Lord for a little bit.